0: Welcome to another episode of the Big MX Radio Podcast. If you're tuning in for the very first time, thank you for listening. If you've been with us for some time, I have an apology for you. It's been almost seven weeks since I put out my last podcast with Shay Bentley, and uh, let's just say the last seven weeks have been a bit tumultuous for myself, Um, both on a professional and a personal level, uh, going through a breakup on top of, uh, on the very same day, getting a brand new promotion with uh, my job at the uh, Winnipeg Jets, the um, professional hockey franchise, I now work in the sales department there, uh, but still trying to make this podcast go and uh, trying to share the stories, trying to bring more eyeballs and ears to the sport of motocross and have those stories told. So uh, over the next year, you'll see uh, a lot of new things happening with the Big MX Radio podcast, uh, some new directions with it, with your usual cast of characters like Dave Drake's um coming in and giving his analysis and uh we're forever thankful for him for that um this podcast is a special one to me uh a guy like josh penner who's a guy that i grew up looking up to locally uh, a guy who's always had next level skills and speed uh when it comes to uh, the local scene and uh, he even had some success uh on i guess you'd call it an international level by going to the x games and um as well as the Monster, or yeah, Monster Energy Cup with the Best Whip Competition. So I hope you'll enjoy this podcast. I hope that uh, you'll continue to support Big MX Radio. Uh, if you like what you hear, please refer a friend. Uh, and I would really appreciate if anyone listening right now can go on to uh, iTunes and leave a review. Uh, that really helps us get uh, more audience and more people suggesting it and stuff like that. So that'd be a huge help. Uh, But know that uh, after seven weeks off, we're going to become more regular with this. We're going to put out more episodes and we really do appreciate uh, everyone who's been hanging with us. So uh, um, enjoy this podcast and this episode with one Josh Penner. It's a great one. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by Fox Racing Canada as well as Throttle Time Pieces. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt with me on the line. He's a repeat offender on the podcast. He's a multi-time Manitoba champ and throughout the years has also made some noise on the Canadian scene. Uh, you may have seen him at the Monster Cup going absolutely upside down, sideways and backwards. Uh, on his motorcycle, you might have also seen him at Winter X Games. This guy is a multi-skill athlete and a great guy to be around. And uh, if I don't also say so, uh, a great mentor to some young kids, as uh, including myself, uh, as uh, I, I took in some riding schools by one Josh Penner. Josh, how's it going? no oh, going
1: great. How would you?
0: Hey, dude! Not 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 too bad whatsoever. Um, it's not too often we get to chat with a guy who's got a number one on his plate uh, all summer long. Uh, we've had some champions on this uh, on this, this show before, and you're certainly one of them—a uh, Manitoba champion, but a champion nonetheless. Uh, uh, great opportunity for us to catch up. It's only been about seven years since I had you on the show. Yeah, it's
1: been a while. A lot of things have gone on since then, and back between racing and freestyle and free riding and I've been a, just living my life, I feel.
0: No kidding. Uh, I believe back then uh, the, the, the interview was uh, proposed by one Chris Mellon who was the original co-host of this show seven years ago and um, and, and it was a pleasure to have you on then. We went through the entire career uh, synopsis up until then uh, but like you said, a lot of things have, uh, have come and passed since then. Uh, in fact, I'm not entirely sure if you were even doing backflips back then. Uh, you can correct me on that but maybe you're just starting to do them. Uh um, whether it's the uh, the Monster Energy Cup uh, uh, competing in the uh, the whip competition or being an alternate for it, or even going to uh, Winter X Games, you've certainly uh, added to your uh, career since. So I thought it prudent to call you up while you're in a combine right now, uh, taking some corn off the fields, and uh, see what's new and exciting in the world of Josh Penner.
1: Yeah, we just started corn early in the year, and uh, things are going great at the farm uh really just been plugging away at the racing scene lately in natova ever since uh shutting down from freestyle and what well, was the whole thing
0: and i had a big
1: knee surgery so that all went down during covid um just been enjoying racing and working on the farm i happened to win the championship in nato last year so they wanted me to run the number one place this year so
0: Absolutely, man. It, it, that's what it's all about. With you, is two wheels and smiling ear to ear. I, I can't think. Actually, you've you've only actually you've got two faces. You've either got racer Josh, who is as serious as serious gets. I liken it to maybe that death stare that one Ryan Hughes has on tap at pretty much any moment. But then also grinning ear to ear after the moto, usually after collecting a big W. Um, you're, you're this year you're on the TransCanada Motorsports Kawasaki. We've seen you on uh, just about every brand under the sun over the over the years. But uh, you find yourself on a Kawasaki uh, and have been for the last number of years. Uh, great supporters of the series locally as well as uh, across the nation uh, is TransCanada Motorsports. Uh, give the fans at home a little bit of insight as to uh, the connection with, with you, Scott Harland, and, uh, and everything going over at uh, at TransCanada,
1: uh, he's got to go back quite a ways. I've known him throughout most of my career. He started helped me out in 2009, I believe, when I uh, first was moved to Brandon and, and worked as a personal trainer there. And then uh, he decided to help me out. I was living in that town. I won my first pro championship riding Count hockey for him, and. Uh things have just gone great ever since. So I've gone my best national finishes with him. Um and he's just got kind of event for me, he's been been um or been there for me every time I'm in the track. Like anything I need during the week, he mails it out to me like it's service that I can't get anywhere else. that's
0: Absolutely. Uh, I I would say that uh, within the motocross industry and within this motocross community, there are tons of examples where you find people who are willing to go over and above the call of duty to make special things happen. But at the precipice of that, at the very tip of that spear, is Scott Harland. I've literally messaged Scott on a Friday at 6 o'clock. You know he's already pulled the TransCanada Motorsports uh, trailer out and he's he's already left... left brand in manitoba hey man i need an umbrella i need gear i need boots i need whatever he turns the rig around goes back to the shop gets you what you need and and uh and he's just such a great supporter of this industry and this this sport locally i think i don't think we people can say enough about uh the things that he's done in the past um you, you riding the number one plate this year, uh, I, I think maybe even now, more than you did younger, you have a, a better perspective of, of how much you can kind of impact the the young riders that look up to you. Uh, how, how has that been for you, being able to uh, uh, sort of lead by example a little bit and, and just show that younger generation that it, it can be fun to, to uh, master some skills on two wheels and actually um, race professionally in Manitoba? because there was probably a good five-year period there where um, I, I, I can't say that there was a ton to look up to as far as Manitoba racers and top pros. And like, it just sort of seemed like a uh, like a, a road that didn't really end up with a, a lot of cool things happening. Uh, but you've shown a different side of that. You've shown that you can still enjoy the sport, be fast at it, dedicate yourself to it, and, uh, and enjoy yourself.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, that's why I kind of started up my whole tenor air motocross school thing because I wanted to give back to the kids. Uh, a lot of kids, I had a lot of fans doing freestyle and x games and stuff like that, so a lot of kids knew me through that. And then as I started my school, then they all wanted to come and hang out with me and do my riding and stuff. And I really got more of a I don't know, what's the word for it? Reach out to the kids more so by doing that and helping them learn and enjoy riding and have fun like that, like you say. And uh, meanwhile, they're still kind of look up to me and, and they really listen, and I can re- really get to them and help them out. It's, just, it's a good atmosphere. I plan on doing more of that next year as well. Uh, maybe not race a full series next year, just like so can farm, but. Definitely pick it up more on the school side of things as well.
0: For sure. Farming being first and foremost to you, but the schools is something that you've you've done for a long period of time, whether it was uh, teaming up with guys like Adam Pfeiffer and Matt Hamm locally, who uh, were uh, other local fast guys, as well as Aaron Wiebe, um, to give back. Lord knows that uh, you told me to keep my elbows up and stop sitting so far into those corners, as well as letting off the gas way too, way too damn early. Um but what is it you enjoy most about being able to uh, to, to pass on knowledge to riders, like um, working on something with them and then having that sort of aha moment and being like, oh, I, I actually get it?
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, I look up to guys like Ryan Hughes and I watch all their videos and stuff online and I try and learn from them and how they teach other people as well and as well as putting my personal side to it and keeping it fun and enjoying for the kids as well. And, um, I just like to hear the feedback of when they do good at a race and they come up to me and say thank you for the lessons and we want to keep doing more. You helped us so much, but this fish is because of you and, you know, it's things like that that make me want to keep doing it and have fun with it and make it... I want to... Make it different each time and
0: have fun with the kids. well that's exactly it man I think you you hit the nail on the head there is, is uh, being at in, in some part uh, responsible for uh, taking on somebody's mastery of the sport and I honest I've always said that uh, like the the better you get at motocross the more you fall in love with it you've certainly shown that as well you've always had a great skill set and and in the earliest portion of your uh, professional career on Yamahas, then on Suzuki's, chasing the Nationals, I really feel like you have a lot more fun with it now than you did back then. Maybe that's just my perception. Maybe you can correct me on that, but um, becoming a racer and, and enjoying the sport, um, like I, I, honestly, I think you might be doing your best riding now as opposed to when you were in your uh, quote-unquote prime in your er, like late teens, early 20s. Am I wrong?
1: I 100% agree. You know, I'm not, I don't have the pressure anymore because I'm 30, I think 36 years old. I'm not even sure anymore. So I'm the old guy out there and I'm running a plus 30 class. And I just want to keep riding my bike and having fun. I mean, I, I like the, I like being challenged and I like racing hard and I like being in shape. So therefore I train hard, practice hard and always give it a hundred percent. But then, again, with the schools and stuff, I'm always teaching myself as well on form and and techniques and what else can I learn. And My my brain feels young. It's just my body that's getting old, right? So I agree with you. I do feel like I'm faster now than I ever have been. I mean, there's lots of young kids coming up, and I'm still there battling with all of them and challenging for wins. and.
0: That's all I can ask for. I'm just happy to be here. 100%, man. And That even goes back to this weekend. Uh, I, unfortunately, wasn't there. I had to lay some bricks. But you were in Grunthal, a place where I first saw you ride back in 1999 uh, when a couple of the guys you were racing with likely weren't even born in uh, both uh, Troy Horbatty and Tyler Gibbs. Talk us through, like, sort of, like, Coming up through the races, like being being basically where those kids were, and then now racing them uh, as someone who's still competitive, still can throw in the laps, and uh, you've always been a guy who's had the fitness, so uh, it, it's just fun for you.
1: Yeah, no, and that was a blast. I got to battle with them. I mean, the first half of the day, I I rode tight. I I worked late on Saturday. And I showed up there late and. Only well, we got three laps of practice, and and then, but the second half really warmed up, and me and Troy had a big battle right to the end, and he and was behind us in third, and it was just cool, because I watched it on TV every day, his Supercross, and, and Troy's, Troy's the new up-and-comer, man, he's ripping, It it's just cool to be right in between both those guys, yeah, I mean, yeah. about 680 bushels around, right, and, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, the other one. Uh, that's awesome, man. And then Grunthal. For those who don't know, Grunthal being a track that has just been so. Um, if if anyone knows anything about Manto motocross, is that the crown jewel is either Grunthal, Pilot Mound, or the Minidosa track, which for the most part has been um, like it, it's had some awesome nationals. It's hosted them before. Unfortunately, it had two huge mutters. Um, and, but, uh, when it, when it, for me, when it comes to Manto and Morocross, uh, it's, it's Grunthal and then all the other great tracks, because, uh, for whatever reason to me, that's just, that's, that, that brings out all, that brings everybody out of the woodwork. There's always great racing. And, uh, what I do also love about Grunthal is that everyone rolls into that race thinking they're going to do better because they ride well at Grunthal. Unfortunately, so does everybody else. So it seems to always to sort of work, work out in the wash. How, how has that dr- track been for you over the years?
1: usually been pretty good. I mean, I've had some of my worst races and worst crashes there. And then I've had some of my best races and best moments there, like winning championships there. And so it's even zone it on both sides of the playing field. I mean, they prep it differently every time. and band' own challenges um, it's just
0: a great track to challenge everyone yeah it, re- it really is and they've got uh, a ton of cool little elements uh, I do still miss the sand whoops one of the obstacles that I still was good at and same thing with those uh, a stadium style style set of whoops that came right out of the, basically the second corner after that sweeper I know those were a, uh, a fan favorite as well as a favorite of yours uh, if there's one one feature or uh, um, obstacle from yesteryear at Grunthal you'd bring back? Uh, I know there's uh, uh, a lot of people listening, they might not have raced Grunthal, but if they've seen it on YouTube, they'd know. What, what would you bring back if you could?
1: Oh, man. Obviously, it'd be the I tried to bring back one time, and I think it's overwhelming. Um, the then when they used to have the sand, was like I swapped in there so bad one time, I broke a set of pro tapers. So I'm going to say the front section for sure.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, who if if you're if you're un- unfamiliar with Grunthal, go look up Guaranteed MX on YouTube. They have got a couple of Grunthal races uh, posted there. Uh, one of the best national tracks that uh, this 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 nation has ever produced. So um, on top of the racing, you've also made a name for yourself. Uh, and maybe those days are behind you, but for a while there, um, Josh Penner would put Manitoba on the map. By, by participating in the Best Whip competition uh, with, with like, Tom Parsons, all of those usual suspects, including Axel Hodges at the uh, Monster Energy Cup, as well as competing in uh, in Snowmobile Freestyle at, at the X Games as well. Like, take us through that sort of progression, uh, how you sort of immersed yourself into the, that world, and the, the success that you ultimately enjoyed because, um, like, your skills on two wheels, like although racing, my favorite uh, of, of all of that, um, you've really been able to uh, like put a, a serious amount of uh, tricks in your bag when it comes to freestyle.
1: Yeah, no, I know. I took that freestyle. At first, I was just going to do it as fun because I wasn't, I needed a change in racing. I wasn't, uh, I was kind of over it for a bit, needed a break, but I didn't want to stop riding, so then uh, my buddy was like, hey, let's build a, build a ramp for fun. I was like, sure. I uh, just thought it'd just be fun. And everyone was like, oh, when are you going to backflip? I was like, oh, I'll never get stuff. Oh, no. But I, I started throwing whips, and my whips got big. And, and then I got invited to Mets Whips. Uh, and then one thing led to another. Once I started doing little uh, little competitions like that, it's just like, "Man, wow, I want to get better. I want to do more. The day a lot more, more relaxed, and, and fun. It's like, wow, this is really wicked. And then, you know, you start backflipping. I think my first backflip was in 2015. And then backflipping the bike and the snowmobile the same weekend. And then, you know, it really took it to the next level of getting invited to X Games. And once you get to that top level of flipping and doing flip tricks, then it's not as one, because you're you're thinking, wow, this is actually kind of dangerous. If I really mess this up, it could be really bad. And it kind of got scary, because like, I started to do inventive stuff. I know me and my buddy, Willie Elam, we we brought the quarter pipe to X days of the snowbills, and we were the first ones to do that. I think I was the first and only person to land a quarter plate on solo wheel in competition. Willie did it too in practice and stuff but he crashed out in competition and they, ever since then they haven't brought it back. I mean it's, things like that it's like wow it's really really escalated really fast. <laughs> and, no kidding. Uh, it's, not like it it's not like it wasn't fun but it's like I got pretty beat up and had to get another I think a rope of wrist. And I had to get another leg surgery and get the plates put in. And it's like, man, I don't want to just keep beating the drop out of myself trying to lure, learn these tricks. So then I uh, saw my surgery done and then COVID hit. Reefs out kind of went away. And I was like, man, I should get back to racing. And I didn't get hurt nearly as much.
0: Well, that's exactly it, man. Like honestly, I think that that's uh, basically what what the freestyle has become is those guys like Thomas Paget and um, those like a a ton of riders who are are just pushing the level to such levels where. it's almost like the, the barrier to entry is so high and and like obviously you can do foam pit work and you can do this and you can do that but uh, at the end of the day, you still got to land this thing to dirt and, and when things go wrong, that could be a, um, a career-altering or even life-altering uh, uh, injury and, and you've got a lot of other things going on. and It's cool that you were able to sort of uh, explore that world, have some really really solid success there. Uh, but then also be able to, uh, to basically kind of put that down a little bit and then become reinvigorated to, uh, put in some motos and, and come back to what you were, you were normally used to competing in, uh, now giving back more than ever to the, the, the sport we've seen you as part of the, uh, the board of executives locally as well in the past. And then still with the, the, uh, schools as well. Um, like, have you uh, have you shut the door on uh, on racing a national sometime uh, in the future, or uh, are we going to see um, are we going to see Josh Penner uh, uh, dust off uh, the, the like a national number, a three digit, and show up to an outdoor national again? Because I'm thinking that next year's pro- they're going to have some Western nationals. Things are going to open up again, and uh, I would love to see you out there. Uh, that's that's the plan. I mean, this
1: summer. Uh, with COVID shutting down our series for so long, I was like, man, I, I just need to find a way to get across the border and go to an, a, a national or something. And I know I'll eat for day nationals so far, but we have Millville, that's so close. So I actually ended up getting my a pro license this year and uh, getting approved and all that stuff. And then I... They shut me down at the border and made me feel the COVID crap and quarantine and whatnot. So Millville didn't happen. But now that I have my AMA Pro license, it'll be easier to renew it next year and possibly go to Millville and try my hand at maybe try and qualify for a co-national there. Or I definitely want to do a Canadian co-national again. That was another – if Manitoba was going to have it, I was definitely going to do it. And uh, definitely after racing – Tyler Gibbs has gotten top 10 before, and he's um, definitely up there in that speed. So, got some confidence. So, hopefully, things more go for next year.
0: Well, there you go, man. If, if you sign up for the Millville National, I will be there. That will be a trip and a half. We will document everything. That would be. Um, and I that would I would love to see that happen whether you, you make the motos don't make the motos that would be an absolute uh that would be an all- timer as far as uh, moto road trips and, and you've had a ton of those as well uh, a guy who's gone down to california before you've you've ridden at waveburn ranch. Um, what sort of like tops the uh, um, like the the tip of the spear for you when it comes to those stories? Because you you've gone everywhere, you've gone out with Chris Foster, this that and the other thing, Tom Parsons, guys that you've ridden with. Um, like you, you got to break down some stories for us of of riding with some of these uh, absolute legends in the sport, including guys like Brett Turcott. Yeah, I know, um, man. The people
1: I met doing that. I never thought I would be my entire life. Like the first time going to Cali was, it was with Chris Mellon and Carson Weed, and we were gonna go hopefully find a ramp and throw some lifts. And then I kind of was chatting with Les Parsons on Instagram, and he's like, "Yeah, we'll come down to Wyvern, and he didn't. He, he said he was like debating on even opening the gate for me because he thought I was just some kind of redneck guy that had hit with the freestyle ramps and. Anyways, we ended up getting down there and meeting up Chris Foster because he didn't really have a place to stay, so we stayed with my friends that I knew out in California, Brandon Kruger, and uh, we all just became good friends and hung out the whole time in California. We went to Wyvern, and then as soon as we pulled up there, he opened the gate for us, and I kind of had to prove myself, so I went out and just saw a ramp and hit whatever ramp I saw, and he's like, oh, okay, I guess we qualified to do this, I feel, and guys like Kerry Hart were there and Lance Corey and and they I uh, just the pile of big names were there. It was all locked up, private and quite the experience. And then uh, other time another time we went out to which is called Fox Raceway now it was Pala. Ronnie Renner owned those ramps there. And uh, he led us in the ramp. And met him, rode with Ronnie Renner And Tom Parson showed up, and then Wanky came was there. It was Wanky's actually very first time in California, so he was just breaking out on the scene as well. And uh, well, look at him now, he's like a big name. And it's wild to to know these guys, and they're just down to earth guys, good, cool friends. Awesome.
0: No doubt, like like uh, I, I think of Wanky specifically is uh, we were at uh, at Paula as it was called then now Fox Raceway uh, same time uh, around and uh, he comes over to my truck A guy's got zero to no English like he's there with Taka and the two of those can communicate but he comes over to me and he's like sort of trying like pointing at his bars. And he clearly needs some sort of tools because he doesn't got nothing with him and, and he needed to put his purchase down for obviously you do the flip tricks so you can put those uh, uh, like so they look like handguards or I guess they like sort of uh, is there a proper name for them All right, so the, he, he, he needed to adjust his flip levers. And, uh, like, nicest guys, they let me go over to and take some pictures of those guys uh, doing their thing. And uh, they couldn't be just more cool about it. And what I can't get over, and, like, you're, you're part of this as well, is just how nonchalant you guys are about being completely upside down on a motorcycle, uh, like, not long before you're landing that damn thing again. Like, the, that landing is super forgiving but uh just the way those guys hit that ramp, go absolutely upside down, and then just put the feet back on the pegs and ride away clean. That's uh that's pretty impressive.
1: Once you do it so much, it's like you just come become air aware you know exactly where you are in the rotation and the bike and it's it's all by feel. It's like it's crazy how it becomes that way. It's pretty gnarly to say, but it just, is. it just becomes one of those things that you become used to, just like whipping a bike or doing a big jump and
0: hitting your brain in the air. It just becomes natural. Totally agree. I, I've often been uh, – I've, I've, well, I've said this in the past because I, I backflipped on skis a lot, and I've, I've told people this. The hardest backflip you'll ever do is the first one you ever do because after that, it's just – once you get the repetition, it's just automatic, and you just kind of like – not to say you can just snap your fingers, but it, it's it you you get the air sense of it. You get the like you get over the idea of going upside down. And the beauty of a backflip is that as soon as you're upside down, you can spot your landing, and you know whether or not you're going to be long. You don't know if you if you're rotating too slow, uh, all that stuff. Whereas like with a front flip's it's completely that ass backwards. You're you're blind until the ending. Um, but was that similar for you? Yeah, the first ones it's like.
1: So scary! Your eyes are closed, and you, you have no idea where you are until so it's like you land, and boom, and you're done.
0: But I mean, you just keep doing it, and same thing—it's just repetition. That's awesome, man. So, um, like the you're in full harvest mode. There will clearly be a couple of more riding days uh, before the year is out. But so, like locally, where are some spots you need to hit? um i i particularly want to ride uh, shadow valley before the season's out that place is awesome especially in the fall uh where might we, we see you doing some riding before the season's out
1: oh shadow valley yeah definitely favorite track up there the, the changes they just made are unreal they look definitely looking forward to that race they're gonna have at the end of the season not that they ran out of water watering but Man, that track is next
0: level. I wish it would be a national again. It it, cer- it certainly uh, uh, deserves it. Um, let's talk about some of the people that uh, that help you uh do what you do on two wheels and honestly i I think that there's not enough people who talk about having a great bike setup as far as obviously like put your time in on on uh, get your seat time good technique um but to go from good to great you have to have a bike bike that hands handles properly and uh and, and you found that recently in a brand new suspension company you've been working with this year they're local they do a fantastic job tell me about it
1: yeah, three, three benches. Uh, Chris Elliott, out of hold man, Manitoba. He just
0: started doing
1: his own thing in his, uh, at his place. And, uh, I needed help one day, and he jumped on the spot and came out to my house and did my stuff in my garage and got it all set up for me. It's unreal, I and mean, I haven't touched it since.
0: That's awesome. That's good to hear. Like, like I seriously think like, yeah, you can ride and you, you like put in some time and, and proper technique, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, but to really be able to unlock that comfortable feeling you need to be able to have, uh, have confidence in the front end, to be able to put the back end of the motorcycle where it needs to be, the bike needs to be balanced and you need to be able to call people like that up. And, uh, the, the next thing that I want to talk about or sort of shed some light on, and this is going back to a comment that you made. I believe it was on a post. Uh, you, you had tagged Fox in it. This is back in either 2014 or 15 that uh, you've always, you were a Fox guy even way back in the day when you were just like racing amateur stuff. And, and, and that was your brand of choice because for, for the late 90s, early 2000s, that was the brand to be on. Best looking stuff, great performing stuff. And, and you had gravitated back to that. You were, you were uh, basically head-to-toe shift, except, except for the boots, obviously. And you had made a comment to Pete Fox himself that you were like, I, I like sure could use a, a new set of these boots. And uh, he had commented, say, th- uh, Like appreciate uh, the support. Nowadays, you are a head-to-toe, Tip to tail, Fox athlete uh, sponsored by Fox Canada. That's cool. Like to me, that is the absolute pinnacle of of, of companies to be supported uh, by in Canadian motocross. And, and you've got those guys in your back pocket. They help you out. You, they're literally on your back. Tell me about that relationship. Yeah, no, you're
1: you're exactly right. I mean, even when I was doing freestyle and doing all these shows and. Being one of the, an up X Games best whip type deal with the Freestyle, I was trying hard to get their support as well, and they brushed me off a lot. And uh, I just kept trying, put my head down, and reaching out, reaching out. And I just kept I kept wearing their stuff, and because uh, I like it, genuinely like like it, I would just go buy it even if I wasn't still I wasn't still riding for them, but. And then uh, this year as I got back in the motocross, I I got their gear again and in the season when I won the championship, then I reached out again and sent in a resume and then they hit me up and they were glad to help me out because they, they didn't want to be in anything else. So to start a relationship with, with them, it's been awesome. I mean, anything I need, they're, they're right there to get it to me the next, almost the next few days. And, uh, it's not even, not even much because I'm still wearing the same gear that I purchased last year because the stuff just doesn't wear out. It's crazy. But no, I'm, I'm, it's one of those uh, bucket list type deals that you hope
0: for that got kicked off. Completely agree, man. I, I got a box of stuff uh, going back three, three months ago now uh, from JC Sites over at uh, Fox Canada. And, and to have a... Uh, um, Uh, A packing slip with my name on it, Fox Canada rider promo. Um, I don't like like, honestly. Like I'm just gushing right now, but that it doesn't get any cooler than that as far as my 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 opinion, and uh, you're part of that as well. So cool, and and honestly, that that in itself. If there's a young person who's listening to this right now, who they're like, yeah, like I don't want to. Uh, like if I if I'm not getting free stuff, I'm not going to support a company, or if I I don't I'm not just going to work for a discount or something like that. You bought that stuff full pop. You supported a brand that you just you like that brand, and that's who you're going to wear. And you were uh, steadfast about it, and you got rewarded because of that, and the passion and the commitment to that brand, and and that's something that more people could learn from because uh, loyalty and something and just being genuine about that is 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 a, a better testimonial than anybody who goes out and just finds like what whatever gear will they'll, they'll support them. You just you went out there and, and and showed people that you were genuinely in support of that brand, and that's a, that's a cool thing to me. And honestly, uh, I remember you had some really cool kits back in. The day uh, when you're on, like your last couple years on 80s, your first couple years on 125s, uh, you've been a Fox guy for a long period of time. You've worn a couple of different sets of gear uh, in the throughout the mid 2000s, but to me, you're a Fox guy. Yeah,
1: 100. You know, I, I did do F Star a few years and stuff like that, but then I mean, you bring up the the loyalty stuff, uh, uh, of level of word loyalty, and it goes hand in hand with. Gold rider and company, I mean, you're not just going to stick with a company that doesn't follow through on what they promise you either, right? You don't want to be shortchanged. and be like, what the heck? But, you know, the bottom line is you need gear that works well for you and lasts and protects you, and that's what you got to stick with.
0: For sure, and yeah, don't don't compromise your own safety or, or what what you're uh what you're gonna feel protected in, based uh on to to appease a sponsor. I think you you've also been steadfast with that as well. But um, Josh, this has been this has been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. You're uh, you're a local hero of mine, and to many all others as well. Um. What uh, what type of message would you like to uh, to to leave the fans with? And then I'll also I'll ask you to uh, think think of a, c- a couple of local kids to uh, keep an eye out on because I know you 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 kind of uh, you're pretty good about uh, sort of noticing some young up and comers locally. Oh sure,
1: um, I got a kid that I trained. His is Jack Weed. He's on the verge of possibly winning his first CCCC championship. So he's working hard toward that. He sees everyone like, school. the kid is just determined and focused and just a genuine like, good kid. Um, I have pro guys coming up in that, although I would say like Troy Harbani, he's only 16 and these guys go so fast right now. There's um, other guys like Cam Tuval, he's fast. Like, uh, who else? I'll
0: say it's crazy guys but those be the two guys that are a that's awesome man well uh if you are doing some i know you're busy with harvest but if you are doing a uh some some riding schools we'll have people uh, contact you via instagram if you're not already following josh uh, on instagram uh, you need to be josh what's the handle where people can find you follow along for your story because it's a good one at Penner70. Love it. Penner70 is, is the is the spot where you need to follow this guy. He's up to all kinds of sh- crazy stuff all the time, whether he's going upside down or uh, putting in motos locally or maybe, just maybe, showing up to a, uh, an American national uh, near you as long as you live near Millville. And, uh, Josh, this has been an awesome time, dude. Uh, I really appreciate you making the time for me today. Thanks for having me on, Brad. Anytime, my friend. Do not hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. And there you have it. My interview with one Josh Penner um what a great guy to uh, have on the podcast uh so many amazing stories and as i talked to him uh, after the podcast via text we're definitely going to bring him on for some more uh he probably won't be combining at the time so uh, uh the audio should be a little bit crisper but i did try and trim things up as best i could for you guys who will be listening uh for the audio quality and then that's something that i look to improve up upon over the next year or so um but on top of that Uh, I I really appreciate everybody for taking the time to listen to this, Uh, whether it's James Dahlman or Garrett Rockley or Kieran McCullough. I have so many people who listen to this podcast who enjoy it and they reach out to me and uh, they've been. and they tell me that they want to hear more episodes and stuff like that. And honestly, every single one of those messages really just gets me charged up and um, and makes me want to look, record more of these. So uh, And there will be a lot more. Um, we're, we're deep into uh, episode uh, 800 plus here and uh, we're going to go well past 1,000 episodes with this podcast. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, appreciate everybody for listening and uh, a lot, lots more to come. So I'll sign up for now. Appreciate you listening.